bless you today with a word I believe that's going to charge you up, give you some hope today, reestablish your faith. And so I ask that you uh, join with me. Our pastors are still resting. They'll be back next week in full speed, refreshed, energized, ready to go for the fall. And so um, have you had a good summer break? You know, summer's over. Me and my wife have this debate. She says, it's actually technically three more weeks. And I said, that's not true because Starbucks released the pumpkin spice stuff. I bet y'all didn't know that we don't go by the calendar anymore. We go by when the pumpkin spice is released. I had one of those muffins yesterday with the cream cheese. I think we're going to have those at the marriage supper of the lamb. Anyways, I am, um, I'm pumped to be with you. We've been away for a couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm rearing to go, and I want to challenge you. I'll hook up with me today. Will you help me today? I really believe that, that God wants to speak a word of hope today. Uh, I believe that, 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 that his prayer for you today is that you would leave uh, energized and strengthened in your faith, knowing that you're going to make it, knowing everything's going to be all right, knowing that he is setting you up for something amazing. Do you believe that? I, I believe that. I was reading uh, a few weeks ago. We were on vacation. I came across a story, and I'm going to do what I do best. I want to tell a couple stories today, share some scriptures, and uh, preach to my best ability. So if you'll help me, you guys ready? Yes. All right, let's do this. Raymond Benjamin Caldwell. Raymond Benjamin Caldwell was an American major league pitcher from 1910 to 1921. He was known for throwing the spitball, and he was one of only 17 pitchers that were allowed to continue throwing that pitch when it was outlawed in 1920. Yet despite his achievements on the field, Caldwell is perhaps best remembered for being struck by lightning while playing his first game for the Cleveland Indians against the Philadelphia Athletics in 1919. The Indians had the lead. It was the ninth inning with two outs, when all of a sudden, Caldwell was struck by a bolt of lightning so powerful that it knocked off the catcher's mask and it blew off the hat of the third base coach. Remarkably, despite being knocked down, unconscious on the mound, after he awoke, Caldwell refused to leave the game. He proceeded to pick himself up, dust himself off, and retire the final batter for the win. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it brings hope, health, healing. I thank you that it brings clarity, wisdom, and direction. And so, Lord, today we put a demand on your word. Father, I thank you that your spirit is here today to, to, to restore lost things, dreams, vision, relationships, finances, mental health, physical health. It's so, a Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and be with us. We make room for you here today. Father God, I ask you that these wouldn't be my words and, and, and my stories uh, and just scriptures that I share, but Lord, that you would use all of this to, to, to bring some people out of, of where they are into a new place today. Lord, we step into a new season today by the power of your Holy Spirit. I ask you to give me wisdom in, in navigating this message today. I ask you for boldness to say everything you've called me to say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You ever been hit by a bolt of lightning? You ever felt like you were hit by a bolt of lightning? You ever been in a situation that it was like, man, whoa, I never saw that coming. 
You ever been in a situation where you got a doctor's report that wasn't what you thought it was going to be? And it felt like a strike of lightning in your life. You ever had tragedy strike in your life? Or trauma? Relationships that just dissolved overnight? You ever been in a situation financially where you're like, man, I don't even know how we would get out of this mess. You ever faced a situation that knocked you down to the point you didn't even know if you wanted to get back up? Over the years, I've had those lightning strikes in my life. And after reading the story a few weeks ago, I began to kind of recall like, man, I've I've been there. Not in a pitching game, but the game of life where I was struck, just caught off guard, and all of a sudden, one moment I'm doing great, the next moment I'm on my back. I remember at 18 years old going to the doctor's office as a freshman in college because I was having some crazy symptoms only for the doctor to tell me, you need to quit school, you need to check out and go home and get somebody to take care of you so we can figure out what's wrong with you. That felt like a lightning strike. Was it nine months later that I was in a head-on car collision didn't know what was going to happen with the family that I had hit. Felt like a bolt of lightning. I remember getting the call that my parents were going to get divorced. I remember where I was. I remember who was in the room. I could remember the couch that I sat down on. It felt like I had been struck by lightning. I remember in 2009 when my younger brother called me and told me of his horrible divorce. I remember getting let go from an amazing job that I loved only to have my name drugged through the mud for the next several years. Felt like I'd get hit by lightning. I remember last summer while I was on vacation getting a phone call that one of my best friends was standing on a bridge threatening to end his life. Felt like a bolt of lightning. It was just two weeks ago that me and my wife were on vacation when a loved one of ours lost a family member suddenly felt like a lightning strike. For many of us here today and watching online, you know exactly what it feels like to have lightning strike in your life because you've been there, you've done that. And there's many others that are here today and watching online and you're saying, it just happened to me. And you find yourself today laying on your back, looking up at the sky, wondering how will I ever get up? There's a quote that I love and it says, the measure of a person... It's not how often they are knocked down, but how quickly he or she gets up. As Christians, today I want to remind you of a few things and I want to bring back to your remembrance of who we are. Because as we remember who we are, we understand that no matter what circumstances come our way, we have an assurance and a confidence to know that we've been empowered to get back up. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that helps us get back up. And some would say, how can you say that? You're not where I am. I'm not where you are, but Jesus has been there. And the Bible says that Jesus is our pattern. He's our model for every situation in our life. And the truth is, is 2,000 years ago, he was struck down. He was buried for three days and left for dead to be forgotten, to be mocked and ridiculed, only for him to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and was raised from the dead. And I came here today with a message to tell you that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and active on the inside of you and me, giving us the same power to overcome any lightning strike in our lives. 
He is our model. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says it this way. He says, friends, let me go over this message with you one final time. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. This message that I proclaimed and that you made your own, this message on what you took your stand, by which your life has been saved. He said, the first thing I did was I placed before you what was placed so emphatically before me, that Jesus, the Messiah, he died for our sins. We just talked about that with communion. As the scripture tells it, he was buried and then he was raised from death on the third day, again, exactly as the scripture says. Jesus is our model. Jesus is the model for us getting up after life knocks us down. Today, I want to give you a message called, when lightning strikes. When lightning strikes, what do we do? And there's many things that people would tell you to do, and and there's many things that people have done. I want to give you from the word what I believe is going to help you overcome those circumstances, get off your back, and get back in the game of life today. You ready? Number one, you have to remember how far you've come. You have to remember how far you come. How did this picture get off the ground? He remembered that he had lived his whole life for this moment. He wanted to play for the Indians. He wanted to be on this mound. This was his dream. And even though lightning struck, he remembered, I can't quit now. I've worked so hard to get here. We're in the ninth inning with two outs. All I got to do is get back up and win one more strike. And we win the game. Listen, you're not where you used to be. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not where you used to be. Caldwell was one out from winning this first game. You have to look back at the last nine innings of your life and understand you were winning until this moment. And the truth is the game ain't over. The game's not over. No matter how long you lay there, the game is still in play. And I want to remind you of this. You are not where you used to be. In these moments of lightning strikes, all we can think about is the future. How am I going to take care of this? How's that going to happen? How, 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 how? Who's going to win? And here's the thing. By looking at the future, we neglect the faithfulness of God in the past. The first place we need to go in the moments of lightning when we find ourselves struck down is remember that you're not where you used to be. You've come a far distance. Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 says, remember, you were slaves in Egypt. They're complaining about this this thing that God, this journey that God's brought them on. He's got a pillar of fire by day, a a cloud by day. The fire by day, the cloud by night, he's feeding them. He's taking care of them, everything they need. And they're complaining. He says, remember, you used to be slaves in Egypt. And that the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I want to challenge you today and encourage you. If you find yourself on your back today, God the Father's up there saying, I got a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Come on, let's go. I've done it before and I'll do it again. The truth is, is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we can point to the faithfulness of God in the past, it gives us strength and hope for our future. Remember who you are. I believe that one of the quickest ways to get up after lightning strikes is to declare the goodness of God and his faithfulness of your past. 
I want us to do this. I want us to say this. I wrote it out verbally, out loud. Declare that you didn't come this far only to come this far. You know, when you declare something, it's, it's more than conversational. Well, you know, uh, gosh, come this far. That's not a declaration. A declaration has some fortitude to it. It has some strength or some oomph to it. It actually has a posture. When you declare something, it, it takes a little bit more than just your voice. It takes all your energy. So this is the way that we do this. When we find ourselves struck down, we have to verbally out loud declare that I didn't come this far only to come this far. Can we do this together? Would you say this with me? I didn't come this far. Uh, now, some of you are with me. I'm talking about getting a, a respect and an understanding that Jesus died so that you could make a statement like this. Say it with me. I didn't come this far, only to come this far. You know what just happened? Faith was released. You say, well, I don't believe it. You don't have to believe it because the more you say it and declare it, faith gets stirred on the inside of you. And when you say it with your mouth, faith is released. And you know what happens when faith is released? Miracles start coming. You may be in a situation where you don't know how you're going to get up, begin to declare the faithfulness of God. He was good yesterday. He was good the day before. He was good last month. He was good last year. He was good two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a posture of faith, and then you're positioned for a miracle. You're positioned for a miracle when you declare it. You want to get up from where you are? Stop talking about how hard you got hit and start talking about how awesome your God is. Oh man, y'all are with me today. Right on. 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul says it this way. He says, so we're not giving up. This isn't a little conversation like, hey guys, sit down. Got some things to share with you. Tough, tough times have been here. This is the Apostle Paul who's been beaten for the gospel. He said, hey, we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. But on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace and favor. These hard times, small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration that's prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now, today, they'll be gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see, they're going to last forever. The first step in getting up off your back after you've been struck by lightning is to remember how far you've come. The second thing that we need to do is we need to remember what's been promised to us and bring the word and the scriptures into our situation. So many people get struck down and they spend all their time on their back talking about how big the problem is. And as believers, that's not who we're called to be. We're called to declare the promises that we found in the scriptures that belong to us. I'm trying. Listen, you, you're going to have to understand that in the middle of these seasons is not the time to go dig in the scriptures. This is what we call preventative maintenance. And that's where, when we know that there possibly could be lightning strikes, I should go and find out what belongs to me and who I am in Him so that in those moments, I don't stay down, I get right back up. 
because I know there's a scripture that belongs to me based on my relationship with him. The promises of God bring peace in times of turmoil. When you remember what belongs to you, you don't freak out like everybody else. When you understand the scriptures and you have a foundation that you've laid for your healing and everybody else is freaking out because the doctor's report is crazy and they're saying, how can you be in such peace? Well, I know the promise. I know that I win. I know that Jesus already paid the price. I know, but they said they're going to come take your house. There's an eviction notice been posted. They're going to have the sheriff's house. Hey, listen, God's got me. I know I'm behind, but he can make it up in a moment. One moment of favor can do more than a lifetime of hustle. God's favor's on my life. You just got to let them take it. They're not taking nothing, man. I'm at perfect peace. How do you have that? I have that through an understanding of the word of God in my life. The promises that belong to me. At 16 years old, I went on a missions trip to South America. And I was in the country of Peru, one of my favorite countries. Been there a dozen times now. And I love that country. I was in a little town called Chiclayo. And we were having these gospel crusades at night. And then during the day, our team would go out through the square. And we were handing out flyers, inviting people, you should come. It's going to be awesome. We're going to pray for the sick. And, and we're going to have, you know, kids stuff. There's going to be a carnival. And so I found myself this morning, that morning with my team, a few of us. And we're handing out these flyers in front of this massive bank. It's a big bank, and we're handing out flyers and inviting people, and crowd kind of thinned out, so we walked across the street maybe maybe 50 yards, and I began to talk to some people over there, and it's, in America, it would look like a, um, like a self-storage place. It was these big roll-up doors, and people had businesses in there. You know what I'm talking about? And it would be like a camera shop and a taco shop, a little knitting dress place where they fix stuff. And, and so there's all these little things. I'm talking to the little vendors there. And all of a sudden, across the street where I just was two minutes ago, there's open gunfire. Pa, 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 pa. And there's guys firing machine guns at each other. And, and chaos insets. They were robbing the bank. And I remember jumping into one of those little, those little, rooms with the thing and I shut that thing down and I pulled our team in there and for a moment I started freaking out but the next moment I found myself declaring things that were in my heart that I didn't even know were in there things like no evil shall become don't befall me neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling for with long life I will satisfy my God for the peace of God rules and reigns in my heart through what Christ Jesus did. All of a sudden, out of my spirit came scriptures and promises verbally out loud. And in that same moment, peace showed up. Where there was chaos and people are freaking out. All of a sudden, I'm like, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. My sister, she's, they're rattling the guns off, and my sister's over here praying in tongues. She's just going off, and I'm declaring these scriptures. And I'm looking at the other team members with us, and they're looking at us like we're crazy. And they say, how could you be so peaceful? I know who I am. I know what belongs to me. As Kareem said, I already know the end of the story. I win. This ain't my, well, how do you know that it ain't your day? That's not what this book says. That's not how I go out. I remember opening that, that little stand after it all calmed down, and we gathered together with our American team. A lot of them had never been overseas before. And, man, there was a bunch of them that are freaking out. And I said, are we going to eat? It's like 1230. I am starving. And my sister said, you're being very insensitive. 
there, there's people freaking out. I mean, that was just craziness. I said, insensitive, it's going on one o'clock. We need some tacos right now. Listen, when you know who you are and you remember the promises, it'll bring peace like nobody can explain. And it'll be a testimony to those around you. Our greatest testimony, hear me say this, our greatest testimony to those around us at our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, the, the, those, those family members that aren't close to the Lord, our greatest testimony is how we respond in a moment of a lightning strike. Because they'll come to you and say, aren't you freaking out? Your whole life's about to go down the toilet. They say, no, 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 no. You, you're confusing fact with truth. The fact is they're going to take the house. The truth is God's going to restore this. The truth, the facts are your wife's going to leave. The, the, the truth is, no, no, she just, she just messed up right now. God's restoring this thing. The, the facts say that your kids are on drugs. You're never going to see them again. The truth says that God is the mender of broken hearts. When we remember who we are and the promises and we inject the scriptures into those situations, peace is guaranteed to be there. See, the scriptures found in God's word, they uncover the promises. And God's promises restore hope in the middle of the storm. Look at this, Jesus talking in, in John chapter 16 out of the Passion Translation. Jesus said, in everything I've taught you, every scripture, every story, every parable, every word that I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. And it will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. What's the Bible for? To give you peace in crazy seasons. What's the promises for? To reestablish your sanity when everybody else is freaking out. What is the word for? It's to give you courage to know it's already been done for you. All you have to do is obtain it. He's saying it this way. When you get the word in you, peace comes. Everything that he taught us was to give us confidence and courage in times of distress. So my encouragement is don't lay down. Get up. Jesus already showed us how to do it, and he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. You still glad you came today? Man, I pray that you grab this with your heart today. I pray that you would open your heart today to go home a different person knowing, hey, there's hope. There's hope in Jesus. Number three, the third thing that we need to do when lightning strikes us is we need to know that God is working. You need to know that God's there in the middle of the storm, of the situation, of the circumstance. Most times for me, when lightning struck, I felt all alone by myself. I'm sure that's how Caldwell felt on this mound. He was struck and he's got thousands of people watching him, but nobody coming to help. We have to remind ourselves we're never alone. We're never forsaken. We're never by ourselves. The Bible says that he sticks closer than your own natural brother. And that God isn't unaware. Because some people in these situations, where was God in the situation? Oh, right there in the middle of it. Well, how did he allow it to happen? No, the enemy allowed it to happen. God's there to turn it around for your good sake. He's there to spin this around for you. 
He's working in you. Philippians 2.13, I love this. It says, for God is working in you. Say, in me. In me. He's working in me. I like what T.D. Jake says. He says, some of us just need to, to wear a sign around that's a construction sign. That's, I'm a work in progress because God's working in me. Don't judge me by the storm I'm going through. I'm under construction right now. God's working in me. And he gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What is it that pleases God? Hebrews says it's faith and only faith that pleases God. I like to say it this way. Let me see if I, can, if I wrote it down. He's working in you to give you the want to and the power to trust him and his word. My friend, Pastor Gary Martin, said a statement to me several years ago when lightning had struck in my life. And he said, Josh, he said, the Lord only wants one thing from you. I said, I don't believe it. He wants all kinds of stuff. He said, no, he just wants one thing, and that is that you trust him. That's all he wants. He only wants us to trust him and his word. He said, well, I'm knocked down. I ain't got trust in nobody. Listen, he's working in you, giving you the want to get up. And he's giving you the power to get up through what? Through faith that pleases him. Listen to this. God continually revitalizes you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. That's Philippians 2.13 out of the Passion Translation. Let me give it to you this way. No matter how crazy the situation is, God is working behind the scenes to turn your mess into a message. He's working behind the scenes to turn your test into a testimony. That test you're in, if you won't quit, if you get back up, it becomes your testimony. That messy life that you're stuck in, if you just won't quit, if you'll just hang on a little bit longer, God wants to turn it into a message to bless somebody else. I like what my friend says. He's, he's from Louisiana. He said, you can outlast the devil because he'll get tired. He said, you just need to get this idea that you ain't got no quitting sense. What does that mean? I just don't quit. Knock down, get up again. Knock down again, just get up again. Get a mindset that you're never going to quit. You're always going to get back up because you know, even though what it looks like, you know God's in the middle of it working it out for your good. I had a friend of mine give me a cassette tape. Remember those things? Does it seem like that long ago we were listening to cassettes? And, 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 the, and this cassette tape uh, was a, by a preacher that I really have grown to love and admire his ministry. His name is Mark Hankins. And he's a great faith preacher. And, and, and in this, this, this series uh, that he was talking about, he said that his wife wanted this beautiful piano, but he couldn't afford it. And so he went to the store and they said, oh, you can afford it. We'll, we'll finance you, you know. You ever wondered why, you know, you, you ever gone somewhere you can't afford something and they figure out how you can afford it? And then you leave like, I didn't think we could afford that. Why would we just buy that thing? <laughs> Financing, I hate it. Listen, he said he went to the piano store. He couldn't afford the piano anyways. They financed it, and they gave him the paperwork, and they said, hey, listen, this is an expensive piano. He said, oh, I know. I'm paying for it. And they said, because you have such a special piano every six months, you need to have it professionally tuned. And we'll send a guy to your house, and he'll tune it for you. But it's imperative that the piano stay in tune, or the quality will just go away, and you won't get your money's worth. And he said he came home from work one day, pulled in the garage, Walked through the kitchen and he heard this most beautiful music he's ever heard in his life coming from the area where they had the piano. He walked in there, he thought, man, that can't be my wife or my daughter. They don't play that good. 
And he walked in and there was an older gentleman sitting there playing the piano just up and down this keyboard. He said, it was the most beautiful music I'd ever heard in my life. And he said, I walked in and the gentleman stopped realizing I'm home. He said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He said, no, please continue. The gentleman just continued to play for the next couple minutes. And he said, I just sat there. I just reeling. I didn't know that somebody could play that good of music and that it could come out of an instrument like this. And he said he got done. He said, man, that was phenomenal. I've never heard music like that before. And the gentleman that was tuning the piano said, hey, hey, you got a special piano. He said, I know, it's expensive. He said, no, no, no. He said, this piano is, it's special. He said, thank you, thank you, thank you, cool. He said, no, I don't think you understand. This piano is extra special. He said, extra special? What, what makes a piano special or extra special? He said, the kind of wood that it's made from. He said, I don't understand. He said, the piano companies, they fight and they bid over each other to get the wood from the trees that grow north of the tree line. Because the adversity and the weather and the circumstances that those trees have to go through, the temperature changes, the wind, the rain, the sleet, the ice, because they're above the tree line, they have to go through so much adversity that it causes the fibers of the wood to grow tighter and tighter and tighter together. And then when they make the pianos out of that wood, it makes sweet music. He said, wow, I didn't know. He said, this is a sweet piano. And he said, you want to know something else? He said, you got me hooked, tell me. He said, the piano companies that are the best of the best, he said, they fight tooth and toenail. They bid against each other to get the wood from the trees, not only above the tree line, but the wood from the trees above the tree line that grew on the north side of the mountain. Because on the north side of the mountain, those trees have to go through such more adverse conditions than those on the north, the southeast or west side. Because on the north side of the mountain, the wind and the rain and the sleet and the temperature fluctuation is so much harder that it causes the wood fibers of those trees to grow even tighter and tighter and tighter. And when you make a piano out of that wood, it makes sweet, sweet music. He said, wow. He said, you're blowing my mind. He said, I want to blow your mind a little bit more. He said, because this is probably the finest piano I've ever played in my life. He said, I would beg to say that this piano was made not only from the wood, from the trees that grow above the tree line and from the north side of the mountain, I would say that this piano company only used the wood on the north side of that tree because it had to go through so much more adverse conditions causing the wood grain to go finer and finer and finer. And when they made this piano, you got the sweetest music you're ever going to hear in your life came to tell you, no matter what you're going through, God's in the middle of it. No matter what situation or circumstance or lightning strike or storm, he's wanting to make sweet, sweet music out of your life. He's in the middle of it. He's not leaving you alone. You're not by yourself. He's right there holding your hand saying, you got this. Get up. Let's go. There's a testimony coming. There's a message coming. Get back up. Get back up. No matter how crazy the situation, 
God is working to turn your mess into a message. He's working to turn your test into a testimony. Give me that last one. God is using, so one more slide. God is using the adversity and the lightning strikes in our lives to weave our spirits tighter with his spirit to make some sweet music out of our lives. I know some of you came today hopeless because lightning struck last night or the day before, last week, or even last month. And you find yourself here today physically, but mentally you're on your back looking up saying, I don't know how this is going to happen. I want to tell you, Jesus died to be your example. He died to be your example to show you it's possible. I love that. Jesus had the same spirit we have, the Holy Spirit. You know, there's no difference between you and Jesus. And when you get a revelation, that will change how you live your life. That you've been empowered with the same abilities that Jesus had. Causing him to rise from the dead with the same spirit that will give you supernatural power to get up when life knocks you down. Their heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to end with a prayer and I want to pray for you. I remind you, as children of God, we have a hope that the world doesn't have. By us not tapping into what he did for us is to say that Jesus died in vain. I'm not saying tests and trials won't come. I'm not saying that adversity won't come, that lightning won't strike. But how we respond to that is the difference. We have to remember how far we've come. You're not where you used to be. Your game isn't over. Today I want to remind you that there's a promise that belongs to you and you have to declare God's word and pull the scriptures into your situation. And you need to go home knowing you're not alone. God's working. Never lose sight that God can turn anything around for you. As I was prepping this message, Friday evening I was brushing my teeth, getting ready to go to bed and I was thinking about how to close the service and the Lord said, I want them to physically take a step of faith. And I said, well, Lord, there's not enough time to lay hands on everybody that's going through a lightning strike. There's not enough time in the service. We got back-to-back services. And he said, I want you to challenge them by faith. Those that have been struck down and are, are trying to figure out how to get up, have them physically stand up right where they are. As a sign of, I'm not staying down. As a sign of, I'm getting up, I'm going forward. I got a game to win. I'm not, my game ain't over. I didn't come this far to only come this far. So I'm challenging you right now in this service. If you're here today and you find yourself on your back because lightning strike, by faith, stand up right now. I want to pray for you. Every one of us dealing with different circumstances and different situations, but it's the same Jesus. I said, it's the same Jesus. You need that miracle in your life by faith. Get up off your feet and say it today. I declare, I'm going on. I'm getting up. My season's not over. This is my time. People all over the room, maybe you're online and you're watching, stand up right there in your living room. Stand up right there in your beach chair. Allow God to minister to you. Take a stand of faith. He's here. He wants to perform a miracle right now. 
Now, for those of you that are sitting, I'm asking you to stand and put your hands on those that are around you that were standing. Put your hands on them. Begin to open your mouth. Begin to speak life over them. Come on, let's do this together. We're a family church. We're not doing this alone. Everybody together. If there's somebody standing next to you, come on, guys, let's sing this. I want to just declare this. You begin to pray out of your own mouth. Father God, we thank you that you're good all the time. We thank you that you're never changing. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, I thank you. You're the miracle worker. You're the way maker. You're the light in the darkness. Father, I thank you that you are the sustainer of hope. You're the giver of life. That no matter what the enemy tried to detour us, he's making a way right now. And Father, we give you all the glory for every relationship that's being restored, every body that's being healed, every financial situation that's, that's being restitution right now. Father, we thank you for your goodness in our life. Today's a new day. We get up, we press on. We declare that you are good. Hallelujah. We proclaim victory over each one standing today. Thank you, Father. There's a turnaround coming. There's breakthrough coming. There's provision coming. Hallelujah. Just believe that. Receive it. Declare it out of your own mouth right now in Jesus' name. Father, we just give you praise. We give you praise. Let's all just lift our hands and give God praise for the victory. Hallelujah. As we stand, in fact, the Bible says... He inhabits the praises of his people. He comes down and sits in the midst and executes judgment when we give him praise. Hallelujah. So let's give him praise before we go today. Come on, open your mouth and give him praise. Thank you, Father. We praise you for the victory. We thank you for breakthrough today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let peace come into your situation today. Before we dismiss today, I want to extend an invitation to those that might be here or those that are watching online. Jesus is the way maker. He was one who was struck down for our sin, but God raised him up on the third day. Why was he struck down? Because of our sin. He voluntarily gave up his life on the cross so that we could experience for ourselves a personal relationship with God. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. And maybe you're here today. You're new here at IFC. You're watching online for the very first time, or maybe you've been coming and just checking things out. And But God's throwing out a lifeline to you today. His son died for you so that you could have a personal relationship with him. So when lightning comes and strikes your house, He'll be there to lift you up. I'd ask every head bowed, every eye closed, please, while I give this invitation. If you're here today and I'm talking to you, never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you would like to pray that prayer with me today from your seat, raise your hand so I can see who you are. Anybody at all here today, just raise your hand. Be bold. This is your opportunity for a life change. Anyone at all here today. Just raise your hand. I see that in the back. God bless you. You can put it hand, that hand down, sir. Thank you. Anybody else here today? Just raise your hand saying, I want to pray that prayer for the very first time and invite Christ into my life. Thank you, Father. Maybe you're watching online. This, this is your moment to pray. 
and to experience eternal life. I'll ask it one more time. Anybody else here today that would like to pray this prayer for the very first time, just raise your hand so I can see who you are. We're not going to call you forward. You're going to just pray this prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer together. All right, let's pray this prayer. Everybody together, let's pray. God in heaven, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. And I believe that you are now my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe if you prayed that prayer for the very first time. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times or how you can get involved, please visit inclfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.